it And she ran underneath the table You could see she wasn't able So she ran into the bedroom She was struck down It was her doom Annie, are you okay? Good evening, Jennifer. Good evening, Ed. Good evening, Josh. Welcome to the Gleeful Podcast with Josh, Jen, and Ed. Uh, you can find us online at gleefulpodcast.com, on Twitter at Gleeful Podcast. I'm at Josh Pernell. She's at Jenny B. Creative. He's at Edward Giordano. Jennifer. Joshua. How are you? I'm doing well. You're How trying are to get you? the cat to come up on a chair. You know, I thought Just, he might like to partake in the conversation. You know, the cat used to participate in the show when we recorded upstairs. Oh, when he would claw um, your leg and make you scream like a little girl. That we don't have. No one can find that. That file's not online anymore. What? No one remembers that. Uh, uh, but now the cat's not as interested in the no. podcasting. Um, so who knows? Maybe someday we'll get him up and he can tell us what he thinks of Glee. Uh, yeah. But uh, I, I can't promise anything. Ed, how are you? I'm good. I just recovered from from like a cold. And now and now I'm in the thick of the semester. Wow. I don't know. I'm not entirely sure when that happened, but apparently it's happened. So <laughs> you, Yeah, you are. Uh, I've been following your tweets. You said you might even have to go back to campus tonight after oh, yeah, uh, the I'm, podcast. Might, might has turned into definitely. <laughs> wow. I mean, it's whatever. It's life. Well, it's almost uh, done. Done in May. Awesome. Which is, which is crazy. That is crazy, dude. That is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> we feel like, like we've been with you through your entire college education. Just I know, summer. right? I'm like, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know what my life is going to be like after college. I, I, I yeah, I, it's going to be crazy, which means it's probably going to be boring. But <laughs> <laughs> we're but boring. Josh and I looking at each other like. Yeah, it's pretty much like this. No, no, no. I mean, for the first two or three years after you graduate, like, well, I can only speak for myself. And it was filled with too much sorrow and depression to be boring. So, you know, for like, you're going to be fine. You have so many things to busy yourself with, like learning how to keep the phone on and, um, you know, like disappointing your parents. These are all of the exciting things that you'll get to do after you graduate. It's fantastic. No, I've, I've, I really learned, like, I've, like since I live in an apartment, I, I know how to keep the phone on. And I, I know how to cook. And, and, and I've already disappointed my parents enough. So it's like, <laughs> I've already, I'm already, like, I've already, I've already gone through all that. So, so I'm, I am so excited. Ahead of me. I'm trying to it, it's job all uphill for you. Crazy. Because, I don't know. Because I, I keep going, like, I'll go anywhere. Like, anywhere. Like, anywhere in the world. Just give me a job and I will go. Just give it. Well, huge congrats on that. That's, you know, any any college education is pretty damn good accomplishment. Absolutely. Uh, so definitely that's exciting. Uh, you know, I, nothing all that exciting in Josh and Jen land. So um, unless I'm forgetting something, Jennifer's like, you're totally forgetting about that thing. But I don't know what that might be. I don't think I am. Yeah. Oh, did, well, you like, cool, <laughs> did you make it cool desserts lately, Jen? Um, no, but we might be going to a Super Bowl party this weekend. Uh, only under the condition if I can make a, a giant Patriots cake and not get, you know, booed out of the party. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well yeah, the, the Super Bowl's in Indianapolis, which I will be avoiding oh, happily. Well, why don't we just go to the Irish bar and you can make a Patriots cake? <laughs> oh, well, it's technically a Chargers bar, but they'll uh, sympathize. Anyhow. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about, about Glee. Uh, Glee is back this week with their Michael tribute episode, which is kind of ironic considering we've had about five Michael songs before this week. But we're going to go ahead and take three. it. I thought we had three. We had more? We had three last week. We had PYT back in the day. Oh, yeah. Or we had yeah. three at regionals, PYT, ABC. ABC well, I mean, ABC how, was at how regionals. Many, how many quote-unquote um, Lady Gaga episodes have we had, like, for real? Uh, I think technically, well, we had one, which was billed as the Lady Gaga episode. Well, there's theatricality, which is like Glee goes Gaga, and then they did the Born This Way episode, which is obviously. Yeah. So, I mean, two, and there was only like two songs in each. So, I mean, whatever. Forgive them their sins. They know not what they do. (laughs) <laughs> well i do I, yeah i mean it was it was interesting that they made such a big deal about the michael episode because i'm like 
we've had lots of Michael songs on this show yeah. um, to the point where all my favorite Michael songs had kind of already been done. Like they'd already done Thriller. <laughs> they already thriller? did PYT. I, mean, like, I, was, I was thinking, like, hold on, why did they do Thriller? Oh wait, they did Thriller. Oh yeah. Like of my top five Michael songs, Thriller, PYT, and ABC had all already been done. They Man did, in the Mirror Man had the mirror. already been done. Yeah. Um, oh, you're right. Man in the, oh my God, a lot of things have been done. And they're not yeah. going to really like, and, and they're not going to go way deep into the catalog. Like if they did like Blood on the Dance Floor, that would have been amazing. Or if they, you know, were to roll back to like some of the weird stuff off on Off the Wall. Um, so yeah, they, they're definitely like, they kind of, it kind of, I think by the time they got to this one, they were almost out of Michael songs. That said, there's so much music in this episode. There's about seven songs in this episode and two extras on the um, CD that oh, were not included. I don't, in the I don't even know. Tell uh, me. Well, according, um, somebody just uh, in the chat room said, but Josh, isn't Ben your favorite Michael Jackson song? We'll talk about Ben a little bit. Uh, the songs <laughs> that are on the disc uh, were I Want You Back, which is actually from the regionals performance. So I'm not, I haven't had a chance to listen to it. I don't know if that's a new recording or what, but that's on the disc as well as, um, I'm forgetting. There's one more that, no, I'm a doofus. I can't, I can't remember. But yes, I Want You Back is, um, is on the, on the album, which was performed at regionals. Uh, it's funny that whenever they do Michael Jackson, apparently Diana Agron's going to get a solo. I think just because her range is exactly the same as young Michael Jackson. <laughs> I mean, she does have the, the, the soft part of it down. <laughs> I feel like, I don't know, that song was not was not my favorite. I love Quinn, and I love I, she looked awesome. She looked awesome. She looked amazing, yeah. I never I can not, say goodbye. I'm not a fan of that song. Oh, I thought that was love. Well, we started with what? Smooth Criminal, so let's talk about Smooth Criminal before we get too far away. Um, Smooth Criminal was like the highlight of the show. Like, uh, absolutely, it, it, it turned me, it turned me straight and back into gay. That's how good it was. <laughs> <laughs> that was Smooth Criminal will pr- be one of my top five performances of this season. I think it was, it was the only, quite frankly massive Michael Jackson fan. We'll talk about our favorite Michael Jackson memories a little later in the show. Um, but uh, huge Michael Jackson fan. Smooth Criminal was the only song in this episode that I really liked. I didn't think any of the other ones really brought anything new to it. I They, they all seemed kind of lazy, but Smooth Criminal was just fierce. And the the... You know, doing the two cellos thing was cool. Like, if you haven't seen that video on YouTube, the original two cellos video, it's phenomenal. And, and it is so, the same two guys. Same right? two guys. That's awesome. And it's almost exactly the same song. They almost just sang over the YouTube recording. Um, oh. It's phenomenal. And so to grab something that's like that current and combine it with these two characters and then turn it into like a dance mm-hmm. and like a, 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 a like a song battle. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And like and exactly like Ed said, like, you know, you had something for everybody in that one. You had Sebastian strutting around with his tall hair and it's like, uh, uh-uh. and then you had those legs for miles over on the other side. Like that was crazy talk. <laughs> you talk about Santana then, right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, it was crazy. That, it's a, that was phenomenal, that performance. Jennifer, Smooth Criminal? Absolutely. The best, the best um, song of the night. And I guess I kind of felt, in addition to feeling that, okay, they'd already kind of picked out, they've, they've already done a lot of the, the, the better Michael Jackson songs or the, maybe the more popular or maybe like more of our favorites. Since they've already done them, yeah, the whole episode kind of came off a little like, oh, okay, that's that's cool. And they did some cool stuff with the videos. And, you know, I mean, it was fun to see them incorporate a few of those things. But as far as the performances go, I was, I was just kind of like, okay. And then they kept making this big deal about, well, what would Michael Jackson do? And I'm like, well, Michael Jackson was a musical genius. So be a genius? <laughs> and I'm like, dance great? Like, I didn't really understand. Call like, Quincy Jones and say, tell me what to do. I didn't <laughs> like, understand. Buy a monkey? I don't know. Couples. <laughs> <laughs> but I like it just, I, I was kind of like struggling with the whole, like, you know, the whole focus and purpose of the episode. And it's like, so somebody throws rock salt in your eye. So I'm going to, you know dance it and sing it out maybe maybe that's it maybe, maybe that's it maybe it's taking the high road and just channeling everything into you know great music and great performances 
Okay, I think maybe I just answered my question. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know. Ed, what did you think about the whole theme? I mean, the whole episode was kind of built, or thematically, it was supposed to be built on this what would Michael Jackson do theme. Right. Um, Like, Ed, how did that work for you in actually pulling the plot together? I don't. I don't know if that actually worked, but what I what I will say that this episode did really well is it, it like I leave the episode with lots of like great visuals and like really strong imagery from the from the episode, and that was that was good. But in terms of a theme or even really a coherent story, I mean, I guess it was it. Not a lot happened, but what happened was meaningful. So I I don't know. I guess. see. I think, like, I totally agree with Jennifer. I think the concept, that theme of, like, what would Michael Jackson do, to me, did totally fall over. Um, They never really kind of dealt with it. Like, they had this thing, like, well, you know, if Michael Jackson addressed every hater, he never would have had enough time to create all that amazing music. Um, Which, you know, he kind of... But that could be said of anybody who's ever done anything. That doesn't... That's a hard argument to make. And, you know, in Michael Jackson's case, he kind of, like you know, built a walled fortress and then hid in it for 25 years. So it's a weird, you know, it's, I I never quite felt that that worked through, but if I were to like pluck out that one scene, which to the joy of many of the people in the chat room would have been the scene, the only scene that Mr. Schuster was in. If I were to pluck that one scene out of the show, I think a lot happened in this episode. I mean, if you think there were about seven songs in this episode and every single character had a good storyline, at no point did I ever feel that the plot just stopped for a song, except for maybe the song at the very beginning when they did want to be starting something. But you kind of forgive that. And then the song at the very end. But again, you kind of forgive those two moments where it's like, this is going to be a breakdown. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought all the songs played well. I mean, we got, you know, the, we got Finchel's storyline. Mm-hmm. We got Santana and Kurt. We got Kurt and Blaine. We got, Nyata. you know, Nyata, yeah. finalists. Yeah. You know, there was a lot of stuff, I thought, yeah. in this episode. Sam Sadie's, you know, kind of doing their thing a little oh, bit. Oh, Sam Sadie's duet yeah. was super that cute. Was, that was adorable. That was. Yeah. That was one. Okay. So that that was one that I was like, okay, I really like the way they manipulated it to fit them. I, I thought that was really well done. So yeah, I and thought a little bit different than that. That aspect of it, I actually did really like. Yeah. I mean, my biggest challenge, yeah, was the theme falling over, and then I, I just felt like most of these songs they didn't really bring anything to, and I could kind of feel them trying to, like when they did "Want to Be Starting Something," and they did the weird kind of like hip hoppy, you know. Um, uh, like there was this weird kind of like hip hoppy dancey breakdown in the middle, which was just strange. And they changed the vocal end to human nature so that it was more kind of lovey dovey, which that kind of fell mm-hmm. over for me. So it was like they were trying little things, but they weren't fully committed to it because at the end of the day, they're pretty much straight reproductions of the songs. Yeah. Um, but this whole thing with Blaine uh, in this episode getting hit with a slushy filled with rock salt. That was intended for Kurt. But apparently. So it was apparently he was trying to ruin Kurt's eyes. Uh, so, I mean, did that play for you guys? That was a weird moment for me, Jennifer. Like, what do you mean, like, play? In what way? Well, did it work? I mean, like, when you saw Blaine hit the ground, I mean, how did, how did that whole thing play for you? Dramatic. <laughs> that's, Melodramatic. I mean, that's... <laughs> Like it would never would seen hundreds of slushy attacks. Would never seen anybody react like that. And then the whole time, once he finally identified it as rock salt, like doesn't rock salt dissolve? So yeah. wouldn't it just be like an uber salty slushy? Is it horrible that my first thought was, doesn't Blaine box? Shouldn't he be able to take a slushy in the face? <laughs> Bob and weave. Bob and weave. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. He boxes out his aggression. But I mean, Ed, we have Sebastian now as a serious like new baddie i mean how do you feel about sebastian uh sebastian's like well that's why it was so good pairing him up with santana because they're so evil together that 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 it was so good that's so i i love sebastian so i think he's fantastic i think it's really cool to have a bad guy who there's no reason that Sebastian ever has to be made nice. Like when a bad guy was in the Glee Club, you either had to kick him out or make him nice. And they never yeah. have to do that with Sebastian. Sebastian can be bad forever. Bad. <laughs> he probably won't be, but yeah. He'll come around eventually. But, you know, it was pretty cool. <laughs> Will he? 
Did Jesse really ever? Did Jesse ever come? I think, well, Jesse yeah, came he did. around in his yeah, way. Yes, he did. Yeah. In his way. He was still kind of smug. Well, we had a couple songs in this one. Uh, Ed, would you like to pick one? Well, let's go. Let's go with Human Nature. All right, this is uh, Human Nature. Sam Sadie's on the vocals. Uh, Amber Riley and Cord Overstreet on the Gleeful Podcast. Looking out across the nighttime, the city winks a sleepless eye. Hear his voice, I shook my window. Won't hold me tonight If this town Is just an apple Then let me take a bite If they say why, why Tell them that it's human nature Why, why Does he do me that way If they say why, why Just tell them that it's human nature That was human nature. That was a, a very sweet. I, what one. I love, what I love about this song is, well, I mean, this performance is that is Amber Riley's just like writing the vocals. She's not, she's not stressing at all, and it sounds, it sounds so delightful to hear. Yeah. Just like her writing the vocal. It is really sweet. She doesn't force it at that. all on this one, which if she did would make Cordover Street kind of drown. So well, she does him a, true, a big but, favor by doing that. Yeah, should bowl well, him over. But now, but now I'm like desperate to hear Mercedes do a Colby Kelly song. So, for the record, <laughs> that'd be an interesting combination. Yeah. I mean, it's but but I have faith that it would work. Now, that's hmm. that's the that's the difference now. Interesting. Um, yeah, that could be pretty wild. I mean, uh, yeah, listening to a lot of stuff. Uh, I, I've been listening to a lot of like Ed type music recently, and being like, oh, this would go good on Glee. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know why. Um, <clears throat> so Sam Sadie's seems to have come together, which means we will probably see very little more of uh, Mercedes' boyfriend, who we saw very little of before. So <laughs> I was fully expecting him to just walk into the auditorium because that's the only time people walk into the auditorium. This <laughs> is when two people are kissing. <laughs> they aren't supposed to. <laughs> exactly. It's like the one place to get caught cheating. Oh, that's totally true. Um, uh, so we had Finchel. And we had the, the, the answer, shall we say. And the answer's you, Jennifer. Um, so we had the, the answer to the Finchel question, the proposal in this episode. Now, I know that the hashtag was Rachel Say No. And uh, I have to admit, I didn't want to hashtag that, but I, was, uh, in, I did believe that Rachel should probably say no. Um, and yet, when we finally got it, she did not say no. She did, in fact, say yes. Uh, Jennifer. Yes? How do you feel about Rachel saying yes? Um, I think it's a temporary thing. <laughs> <laughs> like many things. Um, yeah, it just seemed like she was saying yes for the wrong reasons. Um, and, I, and, I, and I think they're both going to realize that either... A, it's not going to work, or B, they were just holding on to something that, you know, probably can't last. Mm. Yeah, uh, that's, yeah, that's real life. Yeah. That's how things oh, work I'm in real sorry, life. real life. In Glee world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, it was kind of, because it was, you know, her insecurities and um, anxiety about getting into Niata and all was said and done and I mean I just didn't understand how she could go from talking to Quinn about you know relationships coming and going and how you know like she has to take care of her and all this stuff and then going to say yes well at the at that moment 
Rachel, well, Rachel's like, I love you. Right. She loves him, obviously, at that moment. But mm -hmm. she was just so afraid that if she said yes after she got rejected from Nin Ninyata, that how bad it would look. So, oh, then he was her consolation prize. Yeah, like, like how bad yeah. would that look? So this way, if she says yes and then backs out of it later because she got an Ninyata, that's more okay than, than the other way around. <laughs> Well, I mean, like already by the end of the episode, though, they they showed us it was the wrong decision because her first reaction when she became a finalist to oh, Niata was to run to Kurt. I, 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 I have a question for that. Do you believe Rachel? I don't know if I believe Rachel. That she got in as a finalist? I, I There's a part of me that doesn't believe her. Interesting. Because so her, she's just gonna she seems so... She seemed so upset by it or something. And I'm like, or I was like thinking like maybe she was just saying that so that, I don't know. I was trying to figure out the motives. Like if maybe it was like something to do with Kurt and like pushing him farther or something. Or or she's just a finalist for Inyata. She hasn't actually got in. She could still bomb yeah. it. They still have so. to go do the, I, what I imagine is an audition. Yes. Um, and, and do their interviews. But yeah, or she's just one of those people that's like, I'm, you know, I'm in, and I'm going to show up, and they're going to tell me that I don't belong, and I'm going to tell them that I do, and, you know, like, maybe <laughs> she's just one of those people. Like, maybe she's, you know, like Terry with the baby. <laughs> she's just going to start going to Niana <laughs> until they forget that she was never admitted. <laughs> you know... Weirder things have happened <laughs> on the show. It, it's a tough place because my my hopeless romantic inside, who, as Jennifer well knows, um, has been beaten to a bloody pulp by years of sticks, but still managed to exist. Um, he, he wants them, let's be honest, she wants them to <laughs> get married and be together and be happy. Um, and the realist in me is like, yeah, that's a horrible idea. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like at this age, go to New York, see what happens. Uh, and, and, you know, and I don't know if Finch really belongs in New York, but as far as like television goes, I, all I can think of is what do I think will make the best story for a TV show? You know, what, what, what do I want to see as a TV show? And considering my hope is that I see very little of both of them next season, um, I would like to see them go off into the sunset happy. I would like to see them maybe not get married, but um, because that would just be crazy. Like if she got married to him just so that he could take her to an island and then you know, put a baby in her. Um, <laughs> like, who the hell would do that? But uh, I, it would, I, I guess, for television and thinking that, you know, I would rather the show stay at the high school rather than follow them to New York. If I were going to see less of them, I would want them to go off into the sunset happy. Yeah. And let's and let's talk about it in the context of this episode. I thought it was handled really sweetly, where he was first very pressuring, and then he realized, wait, that's not the way this decision should be made. I should take a step back and let her come to decision to the decision in her own way. And then, excuse me, and then that very sweet, like you seem to hear me better when I'm not talking. I thought it was a very sweet thing to say. And when she find, you know, when they finished the song, like I was going to marry him, like, come on, like yeah. he, everyone was going to marry him after he finished that song, after they finished yeah. that song. So I thought that the way it came around to it within the context of the episode was very sweet. Yeah. And so for that, I was kind of like, well, she can't say no now. Well, no, <laughs> but again, that's why I think it's just an in the moment thing. And mm. that's why I don't think, the engagement will last very long. Well, we we shall definitely find out. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how it all comes together. I keep waiting for her to be like, this isn't how I planned it, you know, like mm -hmm. one of those things, but she doesn't seem to be going that way. Yeah. Uh, and then the whole thing with Quinn was kind of crazy. Quinn kind of saying, this is a horrible idea. You should absolutely not do this. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's wild how Quinn got into Yale and it seems like Quinn has grown and yet... Quinn is still kind of psycho. I well, I mean, Ed, do you think we're still gonna get the, you know, um, quintervention? Quintervention or the I don't, apocalypse? I don't, as, as as much as I hoped and dreamed for it, and pondered and yearned, and various levels of prayer, I don't, I don't think it's happening. Yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> I yeah, I don't. Uh... 
It, it seems like we've passed that. Yeah. But but have we? I mean, she could she could go psycho and kill somebody. So, I mean, Everybody we we could, we could hope run. that 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 this is the calm before the storm. Yeah. Like, oh, you thought Quinn was crazy before. Well, watch her murder somebody. Uh-uh. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people are pointing out in the chat room uh, why would Quinn keep all of these pictures in her locker of her ex-boyfriends and babies well, she doesn't have <laughs> but if, I think the only reason why is just so she could put a magnet over Rachel's face <laughs> yes that right? was pretty great <laughs> that was awesome but it, then okay so but then she's saying then she sings never can say goodbye I'm like, yeah, yes. but that didn't make sense. Like, like she just says, sometimes you have to say goodbye, and then yeah. she sings, never can say goodbye, and then thank like, you. And then she talks about how she wants to get rid of her past. Like, like you, like you, you, you can't, you can't, you can't change the past, but you can let it go. I'm like, but you just said you can't say goodbye. What, are, what are you trying to tell me, Quinn? I know. I'm this, getting this, conflicting this messages. The story from her. arc of the story arc of Quinn going crazy and murdering someone. <laughs> well, let's take a listen to Never Can Say Goodbye since we're about uh, that time in the show. Uh, this is Diane Agron doing lead vocals on Never Can Say Goodbye, originally recorded by the Jackson 5 and written by the corporation, here on the Gleeful Podcast. Never can say goodbye. Also, um, for for the members of the audience that do like ladies, this was a good episode because, like, the dress in this one was oh, pretty dynamite. Stunning! I loved was, her shoes. Was serious big time. Oh yeah, and then Santana's outfit. I really liked this whole number. I don't know. There was something I didn't get the same thing that you guys got from it. And usually, I'm the one that nit- nitpicks the lyrics. Right, saying that it conflicts with the yeah. message. Maybe I just but, got. But it's like, but it's like, not only does it conflict with the message, it directly conflicts with the message. Yeah, like, no, you're absolutely right. Yeah, we're absolutely it's right. not like it's. It's not like it's like maybe sidestepping. Like I kissed a girl. Like maybe that was sidestepping. <laughs> yeah. But no, this was straight up yeah. the opposite of what you just said. <laughs> it, it really was. But I thought it was nice of them to, you know, throw Sam a bone and put him in there. I was like, yes. oh, yeah, right. I forgot about them. It is funny that she's like, at, at one point she says to Rachel, like, I dated Finn, Puck, and Sam. And I'm like, damn, girl, you got around <laughs> last season. <laughs> that was practically all last season. Well, that's only because there's 20 kids in the whole school. Yes, absolutely. There's no one else to date. <laughs> she was going to date Rick the Stick, but it didn't go through. Uh, yeah, she. the mullets. Mullets are a hard thing to get over, babe. Girl. Josh is making his sad face. Come on, come on, come on. Step out of it. All right, I'm out. Okay. No one will <laughs> see the pictures. Um, I so have anyway. pictures. <laughs> So, uh, yes. So, yeah, I I definitely think we're not going to get a Quintervention in this one. Uh, But unlikely voice of reason. It was like that. uh, uh, It was like that Joel McHale sketch on the soup, you know, (laughs) unlikely voice of reason. Oh, oh, okay. You don't remember that? No. No? No. Stephanie Pratt, unlikely voice of reason. Don't remember it. Stephanie Pratt. Okay. Thank you. Her logic is a pleasing. No? Anyway. Yeah, Quinn... (laughs) Quinn has matured leaps and bounds in the last, you know, three episodes. So I was thinking of how much this episode, um, it's written by Ryan Murphy, which we haven't seen in a little while. So that was kind of, that was impressive to see him back on, on the writing board. How much this episode kind of followed the Madonna episode template? I don't know if you guys noticed this, but we had a number where the everybody dressed well, there up. Was a, there was, there was, there was a Madonna episode? Yeah. I mean, 
like a hole like i i oh yeah, there was oh my god <laughs> you're right oh, oh my I god thought you were making there fun you, of josh I did too. <laughs> like come on ed <laughs> yeah i thought you were totally making fun of me no 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 no. i was just thinking i i just kept when he said madonna episode i was thinking me against the music and i was like did you get the britney episode confused oh. and then no, first first season we had the madonna episode I, the power that of feels madonna. Like, yeah. literally millennia ago. I'm sorry. Forgive me. <laughs> so Forgive you, me. I know not what I do. If you go back to the Madonna episode, we had one number where everybody performed the songs of Madonna and the girls dressed in different stages of Madonna costumes mm-hmm. where we had that in the opening number with wannabe starting something they yes. also had a reproduction number of vogue where we had a reproduction number of scream in this episode also in black and white what and then a big group number at the end uh i don't know there was something about it where i was like wow he he really fit what works we got to talk about this scream video now, the younger listeners might not know this, but Scream was a video. It was how Michael Jackson launched his history collection. So this would have probably been like 96 um, and maybe later. Uh, but so he recorded Scream with Janet Jackson. It was their duet. The video that they made is almost shot for shot, the video that is in uh, Glee this episode. However, at the time, the Scream video was the most expensive video ever made. It is still one of the most expensive videos ever ever made. It's in the top 10, certainly. And I don't think that's how much they spent. And yet it looks exactly the same. Well, I mean, technology is better. Oh, certainly. They could do a lot more uh, computer-generated stuff. CGI has improved much. Yeah, Yeah, and Um, it had, like, the original had these flashes of uh, anime, so maybe that is what caused it. But, okay, then you hire, like, some starving artist to do it for 10 cents. Okay, then what? (laughs) Uh, but like, like honestly like when i was watching the video i mean i'm i'm somewhat familiar with the screen video but if you like if it was on mute 95. and you or and like like it totally could be right now a modern korean boy band music video i'm like is, <laughs> is this a, is this like super junior sky or something <laughs> or or b14a or uh, boyfriend they're like they're getting so desperate with names yeah. <laughs> now i for me I have a hard time when Artie walks. I don't know why. I know it's only in dream sequences. And I know that it's so that because Kevin McHale's a really good dancer, they want to let him dance occasionally. And I totally get that part of it. But for some reason, there's just this weird, like, suspension of disbelief thing that kind of skips for me. I don't, I don't. I don't know. It always bugs me. It's only happened twice, but both times it just really bothered me. Like, I think it worked a little better in safety dance. Um, But, and it was, this one was interesting too, because he wasn't wearing his glasses and it was kind of distracting for me. That too, he wasn't wearing his glasses, but he had the crazy eyeliner on, which which, um, people in the video are are very attracted to. Honestly, (laughs) uh, Mike Chang's eyeliner was better. He looked good with that. Mike Mike Chang was sexy. He was very sexy. Like, shocking. I kept it like there were a lot of Adam Lambert moments in this episode to me. Like we had the scream video struck me as very Adam Lambert. And then once they did black, at, black and white at the end, I immediately went Adam Lambert. Oh, okay. Wow, speaking, speaking of American Idol in black and white, when they did the, when they did the transformation sequence, I don't know if, if you guys remember this, but there was, they did the, a similar transformation sequence in a music video during season six of American Idol where Sanjaya transformed into Jordan Sparks. And it was like, like it was like the most like seamless transition ever. And wow. I, I couldn't I couldn't not couldn't not think about that when I was watching that. So we had the uh, black or white finished at the end, and again, this is kind of like another Michael Jackson thing uh, for the younger viewers. You might not or l- younger listeners you might not remember, but it, in the original black or white music video, uh, at the end there was that kind of face melding mm-hmm. thing that they did on Glee. And it was really groundbreaking at the time. It was incredibly groundbreaking. Yeah. And the video premiered 
oh gosh, I want to say it was like after In Living, or it was after The Simpsons, I think. It was a big deal when the black or white video premiered. And so it wow. ended with that big face melting thing and everybody, it was like blew people away. And then it had this four minute dance sequence with no music where he was like in an alley and breaking crap and then he turned into a panther and walked away and he like trashed a car for no reason it was hilarious you can find it on youtube uh so obviously they didn't include that in the video (laughs) yeah (laughs) or in the episode of glee i think that would have definitely broke the budget i mean they I was impressed they even went that far with the face melding thing. It was kind of a nice little homage. I mean, I could see what they were going for. Yeah. Uh, it was pretty cheese-tastic when the Warblers got up and danced with them. Yeah, and turned on little Sebastian. Oh, you know, oh, also. Oh, not little uh, Sebastian, sorry. <laughs> uh, yes, as is as, as pointed out in the chat room. R.I.P. little Sebastian. I know, right? <laughs> Uh, as is ch- pointed out in the uh, chat room, the video for Black or White also fe- featured Macaulay Culkin, Heavy D, and uh, um, someone else, and uh, George Went. Oh, wow. It's mm, true. Um, <clears throat> yes, Macaulay Culkin rapped even. So th- we also. <laughs> sure, he did. Uh, you know what they didn't include in this episode that they should have? Go on. And this may be because I'm just a Haley Reinhardt fan. Earth song, hello. Earth song. Well, yeah. Let's talk a little about that. Like there are definitely Michael Jackson songs that they could have done that were not included in the episode. I mean, Earth song is a is a pretty. I would have rather have seen Earth song than Black or White. I think Black and White, Black or White, is just kind of cheesy. It's you know got such a I don't know maybe it's just a connotation for me, but I would have much rather seen something like Earth Song or or one of his you know ballads from a little earlier. Um, that's a really good suggestion, Ed. Jennifer, are there any songs that jump out at you that you would have rather heard? Honestly, I, no, nothing that I can come up with at, at the top of my head. Hmm. Um, I mean, I think like to me the way I took you know the whole black and black or white thing was just like you know like listen we're all we're all equal here and you know and it was more like you know trying to bring together the different groups as opposed to um you know making a a a bigger statement yeah that's true you know what it would made more sense than never can say goodbye and that same sequence you are not alone (laughs) that's such a cheesy song but the the sentiment definitely is pure you know what i'm not familiar with the title you are not alone oh i am here with you i'm kissing my wife in a pool but everyone says it's uncomfortable uh you don't remember that part no (laughs) see i'm seriously Big as Michael Jackson fan. Uh, from the um, why why no Billy Jean? They, they have not more. they have not done Billy Jean in the cha- in the chat Billie room. Jean. We have Billy Jean, uh, Beat yeah. It, both from Kate beat Moore. Yeah. Uh, Stephanie Kramer had um, the way you make me feel. That would have been really fun to see. Yeah, Some, see somebody do the way you make me feel. Um, I'm sure everyone would want to hear it by Blaine and CC Marie. They, uh, they could have had Puck do Give In to Me. Give In to Me. Wow, that's a that's a pull. Uh, but would also have worked. Uh, yeah, it seems like there are... Oh, Blame It on the Boogie. That's an old school Jackson song. That oh, yeah. Jackson 5. Or I guess that's Jackson's, actually. That would have been pretty fun. Okay, I love that song. <laughs> there's like, there's like so some things they could have did, and then, they, and then they did what they did. So, well, and right? Like, it's so... Some of the things they did are kind of hilarious. Like, again, for the younger listeners, you might not know, but the song Ben is about a killer rat. That is not made up. That is entirely I thought, I thought true. It was about a mouse or something. <laughs> he's a, he's a rat. Uh, I think he's a white rat, or maybe Ben was the mouse, and then Socrates was. You have the to rat. forgive it. You have to forgive the younger listeners. Ben was released in 1972. Oh, oh I totally do. I just I think it's hilarious that like like I didn't know that that song was about a rat until my parents told me. Um, it sounds so sweet, and every time I hear it, all I can think is, like, this song is about a rat. <laughs> <laughs> and then they made a sequel called Willard. Yes. Actually, the, the song is from Willard. Mm. Um, oh, no, Willard was the first one. Ben was the second one. The song's oh, from the second one. Oh, that's what it was. Okay. The remake was called Willard, uh, which is actually kind of fun with Chris McGlover. Uh, um, those movies are horrible. Yeah, I have them I'm on sorry. DVD. Okay, how hard would it have been, and Kurt has done this before, 
how hard would it have been for them to change it to Blaine? <laughs> it was a little weird to them have singing <laughs> Ben to him. I, they would have had to change the title, maybe. I don't well, know. Yeah, okay. but that's that's okay. They could put Blaine so, and then parentheses Ben. Yeah, Ben. <laughs> exactly. Right. Well, I mean, just like when he was singing, you know, Rose's turn. But okay, so fine. So then maybe that would have been a better place to sing You Are Not Alone. Uh, yes, absolutely. That would have been that would have been a really sweet moment to sing You Are Not Alone. Absolutely. There's a yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's like I go back and forth because some of these songs I think are kind of silly and like I would have liked to see other things. But um, that's a tough one, man. So are, are they actually <laughs> releasing like a Michael Jackson like disc or is it just like an itunes collection which i realize isn't much of a distinction but technically is so i'm just asking it is it is an itunes collection it is not a disc uh and it's so so they, so they don't even rank it up there with the madonna recreation because no in a own. weird way yeah it's it's a little strange that they're releasing it as individual songs it's just a lot of individual songs and not a complete set uh, like you say, it's not like a disc that you could get at Walmart where they do release their, you know, like they release the Power of Madonna. At, I can't at, believe like, I forgot about the Power because I that's that's actually a Glee CD I listen to frequently. I think the Power of Madonna and Rocky Horror Picture Show are the two CDs I listen to the most. Wow. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so we should probably talk about Bad as well. Oh um, no, that was it was it was like awesome watching it for sure <laughs> uh it was pretty fun i mean where they they recreated the martin scorsese video that was pretty fun um the, some of the choreography was a little goof-tastic <laughs> but what did we think of the song should we listen to the song listen to the song let's listen to the song this is uh this is bad as performed by the cast of glee with the warblers it was kind of cool to hear that melding so we'll take a listen to that uh this is the cast of glee with the warblers doing bad on the gleeful podcast chat room uh wait i just lost it in the chat room kate moore 13 says bad was adorable i'm not sure that's what they were going for though <laughs> I think it, was, it was adorable i thought it was it, it was adorable i thought it was i don't know again I, I guess maybe i'm comparing it to the original i thought it was just kind of goofy and under rehearsed at times but hey you know like let's take it to the streets and sing it out i don't know there's about it that's so was, absurd okay, it did anyone else see police caution tape in the background of their parking garage no because i was like i was like why is like nothing happened yet <laughs> it's Pre-empted about to go down <laughs> by the police it's weird i mean i think i think the thing that struck me odd is that they weren't fully committed to their outfits. I mean, Quinn is still in her little sundress, but with the leather jacket. Yeah. And Santana's got on her, you know, or, you know, the Cheerios have on their skirts. I don't leather jacket. You know, like, they're, they're just, I don't know, like, it felt only partial commitment. It was, to... it was a Michael Jackson accessory episode. Which, yeah. might, which might actually be the bigger picture of the, of the, of the entire episode as a whole. It wasn't, it wasn't a Michael Jackson tribute. It was a Michael ja- Jackson accessory show <laughs> like yeah i mean i guess but i think they wanted to make it a michael jackson tribute it's just that they also wanted to move the plot along 
And so at the end of the day, they they weren't able to do both. So it was, yeah, I mean, I guess to a certain extent, I agree. Um, It was was a Michael Jackson episode as much as like the rumors episode was was a Fleetwood Mac episode. Because like none of those, none of the songs in that or none of the plots in that show really had anything to do with Fleetwood Mac. Um, you know, but you know, the one thing songs next were time, built around Next time they wanted to do something like this, because I was thinking about that while you were playing bad. Other than that, hire they, you. They have, like, I think of an episode, they're like, oh, we need to raise money to get to nationals. And then they could, they could just have, like, that could be, like, that's the plot. And then they put on a show within the show of them, of each character just doing a song. <laughs> and then, <laughs> then they, they, they could be like a telethon thing, like, call this number. It could be really cheesy and cute and retro. And Kurt and Flame could be the host, and and then Tina can get a legitimate solo. <laughs> uh, do I say Scorsese a lot? People in the chat room are saying that they have to drink because I said Scorsese. Oh, Josh didn't watch the Golden Globes. I'll explain it to him later. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. The SAG Awards. <laughs> SAG. I don't know. It was the SAG Awards. I didn't watch. I don't watch award shows. I I know, but it was. <laughs> I'm trying to think of which one recently. Is somebody. Are they telling me which award show? I'm pretty sure it was the SAG Awards. Oh, I'm sure they're they're a minute behind us, so, so yeah. I'm sure they'll mention it. Yeah, it's the SAG Awards. Um, just briefly, um, the couple of the ladies from Bridesmaids were introducing their clip for you know Best Picture nominee, and it was um, Kristen Wiig and Maya Rudolph and uh, Melissa McCarthy, and they they all came out with like drinks and bottles and stuff in their hand and they said oh yeah we had so much fun filming this movie we even made up a drinking game every time somebody says the word you know says Scorsese we you know you have to drink and I was like you'd be surprised how often it comes up in conversation <laughs> and they just kept going and going and going and, and you know I was like is it Scorsese or Scorsese? Scorsese and then Melissa McCarthy is like seriously like chugging a half bottle of uh, Grey Goose it was pretty hysterical well, I, never, I never thought she'd sag. outlive her sag, su- yes. her, her uh, sookie role, but apparently that is in her past. Who? What? Melissa McCartney, McCarthy, she, Sookie St. Uh, so, it was Sookie St. James, I swear, from Gilmore Girls. I don't know. Oh, no, 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 oh, yes, no one watched yes. the show, apparently. No, I, I, you're right. Uh, it was Sookie, because I remember was being it, was it, What was her name? What was her last name? Was it St. James? Because I really think it was. That sounds right. I have actually never watched it, but I did see that online before. And oh, you never watched Zeal Girls? Oh, my God. I've, I've been really staring at all seven seasons. Do I need to ship them to you? No, yeah. her mother has My them. mother has them. <laughs> but thank you. It's so good. Oh, my God. Okay. And, you, and, need to, you need to get on that. <laughs> and I know you haven't watched Big Brother yet. So get on that. No. First and then get back to Big Brother. Honestly, well, actually, right now I'm going through like uh, I just finished Mad Men. Totally caught up with that. Just went. Uh, now I started on Brothers and Sisters, which is better than I would have expected. Still the different. first season was strong, but I'm kind of I'm kind of obsessed with Emily Van Camp right now and the whole revenge <laughs> thing, and just to see her in a different, slightly different character. You're just obsessed. With that. I am. Well, uh, the question I kept coming back to me in this watching uh, this episode of Glee was uh, how much did the Cirque du Soleil pay them to keep mentioning that Michael Immortal Michael Jackson Immortal tour. That they're doing, uh, I don't know oh, where it is right now. It but paid it's for the screen budget. I think it's in Vegas. It paid for the screen budget. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, it, like we we talked a little bit earlier about uh, Michael Jackson memories, and uh, if anybody had any Michael Jackson memories, I mean, I have a, a ton of Michael Jackson memories. I remember uh, when my dad bought me Moonwalker on video cassette, and I watched yes, it a thousand times. Uh, love that. Um, and then I remember when I was in the hospital and my parents bought me Dangerous and I used to listen to Dangerous on a loop in the hospital. But let's be honest, nobody listened to all of Dangerous. You only listened to like the first 10 songs and then you turned it off because that album was stupid long. Uh, and I remember the first time I How saw Captain Neil. Well, I mean, I'm looking right now that it had like nine singles. So, I mean. I would I would venture to, I mean, it was the beginning of the CD generation. It was 14 tracks. I mean, you it could was, survive. It was the CD generation though. And so every Everything was like long, and they were trying to fill up entire discs. Oh my god! I see. I see that some of the tracks links were like seven minutes. Calm down, <laughs> Mister MJ. A, he was a kid. 
Oh, oh <laughs> he's been... done, he calmed down, Michael Jackson. <laughs> I thought you meant Josh. It was like, a long record. Josh was a kid. Uh, I remember the first time I saw Captain EO at Disneyland. <gasps> I did too, because it was only last year. I know. And sorry, I made did you because it was super fun. Yeah. Uh, I remember when my, I got a dog bite, and my parents said, uh, we'll, we'll buy you something if it'll cheer you up, because I got bit by a dog between my eyes. I and I got, like, uh, I got 120 stitches between my eyes. And, um, and then another in fr- another 80 stitches in front of my ear. And uh, my parents said, we'll buy you anything you want to cheer you up. And I said I wanted bad on on cassette. So, I, like, I have so many Michael Jackson memories. Like, he's such he's been such. And then the night he died when you and I went to see his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Uh, where there was, like, a vigil going on and people were singing songs and... and uh, leaving flowers on and the wrong star. And taking pictures. Yeah, <laughs> leaving flowers oh, on the wrong star. That's true. That was so sad. <laughs> Two blocks uh, over, buddy. Uh, but yes, uh, guys, any Michael Jackson memories, Jennifer? No? Oh, yeah, tons. I mean, I remember coming home from um, school on Halloween day and, you know, thinking like, oh, we're going to, you know, we're going to this big Halloween party tonight, so I'm going to take a nap. So I took a nap on the sofa, and I just remember waking up, and the um, it was dark now, and so none of the lights were already on in the house. And but the um, the TV was still on, and I just remember waking up to a howling sound, and then watching the thriller video and being scared <laughs> to death. It was crazy. I didn't want to say the S word. Um, yeah, that terrified me. And I just remember like as soon as it finished, like the phone started ringing, and it was like all of my friends like calling each other, like, "Oh my god, see that? Wow." Crazy. That was pretty wild. Um, Captain Ego, first time last year. It was really fantastic. I have a very good friend that I knew in uh, high school. We met up again in college. His ex-girlfriend, well, now ex-wife. Oh, this um, story is awesome. We had all come out to California together. Very first time to come in California. And we were staying down at Huntington Beach. She was a crazy, crazy Michael Jackson fan. She made us drive three hours north into the Santa Inez Valley without an actual destination, but just, you know, drove and drove and drove and drove. We found Michael Jackson's Neverland Ranch. We found the gate. We talked to the security guard. He gave her a piece of paper. She, she, she like basically melted in a puddle in the driveway, writing him a letter. And she kept saying to the security guard, well, just tell him I'm here. Just have him come on down. Just, just, just tell him I'm here. I'm his remember biggest me. fan. I'm the biggest fan. I, 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 you know, crazy, crazy. Like she had the full-on rubber mask, Michael Jackson. <laughs> she had the sequin glove, crazy. And I just remember, just thinking, man, we don't even know if this is really his house. And a couple of weeks later, we saw his house on the news, and we're like, we were there. Yes, it's so, actually not that hard to find if you know how to look well, or we, know where to look. We didn't have anything, and yeah. you know, this is <laughs> this was just crazy this was just you know like this was like a 97 or something like that we're just like roaming the street when he still actually lived there oh yeah oh yeah ed any michael jackson memories just not inside uh um i know my mom liked him but that's the extent of it (laughs) like i don't i I didn't i haven't truly come to appreciate what michael jackson did for pop music entirely yet but as i'm starting to realize that that he actually moved pop music in the direction it is pretty much today like towards like things today wouldn't be the way they are if it wasn't for him so yeah oh, he yeah, really man. he was the first one to kind of move pop music away from rhythm and blues and brought in much more of you know more rhythm like he brought in way more kind of the synthesis of disco and dance and you know where pop music really firmly today is dance music um and uh, and he was really the the progenitor of that. Sure, uh, the sure, definitely. <laughs> so I mean, Thriller. You know, Thriller was a dance record yeah. um, with two ballads, one of which nobody remembers, even though there's only nine songs on that record. Uh, Woman in My Life. Um, oh. But uh, yeah, so it's it's like the. He, he was kind of the one who brought in, he kind of synthesized, you know, the, the, the disco that was going on that was starting to fade and the R&B and the dance music, he kind of brought it all together. But then, like, if you think that, like, the, uh, the, the guitar solo on Thriller, 
No, the th- guitar solo on Beat It was Eddie Van Halen, and the guitar solos on most of the Bad Record were Slash. And he, so he was always bringing in all these rock elements too, mm-hmm. and kind of, you know, that's really what, like, that's, you know, the blueprint for every Britney Spears slash Miley Cyrus slash, you know, name your pop prince or princess record. Mm-hmm. It all goes, I mean, Justin Bieber, like, you watch a Justin Bieber video and he's just desperately yeah don't not in my you house should never do that don't, but if you did, don't do it god like, you're, like, you, like your eyes will burn or something <laughs> he's really not a warning that label bad. on this episode and, <laughs> and i'm in love with several of his backup dancers so it's completely acceptable yeah uh but that said i mean pr- for me i definitely prefer his you know his like motown jackson five records and even mm-hmm. some of the like universal music jackson's records are still pretty solid yeah. um you know he, there's so much like great stuff on those records and then well, he, he definitely like thriller's his last really good record <laughs> Everything after that is kind of hit and miss. There's some good stuff on bad. There's less good stuff on dangerous. There's really well. I mean, if bit. you but if you say that, then quantity, he only though. had all. You're saying that all his he only had two good records off the well in Thriller is what you're saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. But he has. But is, that, he is had, that what you're actually? What I'm saying, saying is he had two great records, and he well he had one great record and. Off the Wall is just really, really, really good. And then after that, it's really hit and miss. It's crazy hit and miss once you get, you know, once you get up to, like, Invincible's barely listenable. Like, there's maybe three or four good songs, like, listenable songs on that record. There's just a lot of stuff that you can hardly get through. But he's still, I mean, even up to the end, like, Butterfly was a great single. Like, Blood on the Dance Floor, even though it was on a remix album that nobody bought, that was a really good single. So he always had great singles right up until the end. It's just that the last great record was Thriller. Hmm. And his videos were great. And, he, and I mean, yeah, all... he created the modern music video. Yeah. And he the, created the Weird Al, as Typo pointed out. <laughs> or as a, and I think Mulkeeper pointed out the chat Aww. room. Like, he created a lot of things that, yeah. that are kind of surrounding him. There would be no Usher. The no moonwalk. He created the freaking he created moonwalk. The moonwalk. Like MTV is in great, uh, owes almost everything to Michael Jackson. Um, but yeah, well, that's well. I mean, MTV doesn't stand for music television anymore. So, no. You know. <laughs> so they would have had to find uh, the Hills Girls oh, much sorry. sooner. All right. Sorry, my bad. Sorry about that, everybody. Uh, well, if you would like to weigh in on anything, or Ed, do we have anything else we want to say about the episode? Um, n- not particularly. Jennifer. Um, you want to talk about the, uh, the, the title of the episode? Michael? <laughs> no, kidding. Oh, <laughs> I was telling Miss Jennifer, Santana. I think the name of the podcast should be Underboob. Uh, but then, <laughs> uh, I, but then I was also thinking Bitch Train Express was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Snakes is coming in on the Bitch Town, Bitch train express yeah it was a pretty good line too there there were some good lines in this one yeah. some good one-liners in this one and i do appreciate having uh having uh, sebastian Biba, the the baddie now and he's got some really good rants which is nice he makes a good baddie and i think mm-hmm. and it's a baddie that i'm looking forward to, to you know, yeah seeing how bad he can be uh well ed would you like to thank any itunes reviewers yes i would ali 511 and jared carls thank you very much for reviewing us and those, those are the only two new ones, I think. So Very cool. Well, uh, yes, definitely review us. That helps a lot. Also, if you go to gleefulpodcast.com, um, if we sell two more T-shirts, we break even. Woohoo! Woohoo! So you can buy a T-shirt on gleefulpodcast.com. You can also find us on Twitter at Gleeful Podcast. You can find us on Facebook if you search for Gleeful Podcast. If you'd like to follow us individually, I'm Josh Brunel. She's Jenny B. Creative. He's Edward Giordano. And uh, you can hear what we talk about uh, that doesn't have to do with Glee. Um, In my case, I'm probably going to send you YouTube videos to songs that only I like. Uh, In Ed's case, he's going to send you, well, YouTube videos to songs that only he likes. And Jennifer... (laughs) You don't like them? I I was going to ask, have you you listened to Aura? Because I'm obsessed with her. I still haven't Uh, listened to Aura. I, I even put in one of my tweets, you should listen to this if you haven't listened to it. Did you direct it at me or did you direct no, it at the universe? No, I just directed it into the cosmos. <laughs> <laughs> also, following Ed on Twitter is kind of like getting one of those um, motivational calendars for Christmas. 
And so every couple days he'll have like, like some kind of very motivational tweet that uh, that you can enjoy. Uh, I will also freak out on Ticketmaster and cuss a lot. So there's that. You know? I'm on hiatus. <laughs> You're not. A, you'll, you will respond to people. I will absolutely tweet to Jennifer. Uh, yeah, well, I want to know. I want to know how accurate that video I sent you was. That I sent to both of you about people think people. Oh, so, oh shit! People say in Los Angeles, it was pretty <laughs> accurate. I there were. I think the thing that I started laughing hardest at was when she's driving around talking on her phone. And she goes, "I'm gonna be a little late and find a fine parking." Yeah, <laughs> and I was just like, "Oh god!" And then there was like the whole thing, like, "Gosh, there's never any parking. Where am I supposed to park?" Like that's a conversation we always yeah. have. It's there wasn't enough bitching about traffic. But that could just be me. Yeah. But they, they talked about parking a lot. Yes. And That's, that is huge. Those and, are the two major conversations if, in Los Angeles. Apparently, if, if it's at the arch light, you're willing to go. Oh, yeah. Arc light. Yes. Absolutely. Light. I, I don't even know. I don't even know. Yes. <laughs> but then they built a Lemley up the street from us, Love which we can walk to. And it's like a little, it's a smaller theater, but um, it's all like. Artsy Independent films. artsy movies, so yes. it's like perfect for us. Yeah, and it's right across the street from this really cool bar called The Federal, and they have amazing food. And it's in an old bank. I think it's <laughs> technically the oldest building in the valley. All these things you can do in beautiful NoHo, North Hollywood, California. California. For the Cleveland Podcast with Josh and Ned, I'm Josh. I'm Jen. JLo must die. <laughs> Good night. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>